Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of Believe in South Carolina is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, time for Believe in South Carolina. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. The final week of July and just 39 days to go until a new season of South Carolina football. Welcome in everyone to Believe in South Carolina. I am Mike Yuba. He is Nick Laus. And Marcus Lattimore, as always, is with us. Fellas, last week of July. That means next week, football's back. Training camp, fall camp, preseason camp, whatever you want to call it. The Gamecocks have practice number one next Friday. August 5th. Can you believe it's already here? Finally. Finally. I've you, been so bored. Just you know, know the time <laughs> of year sucks. I can Nick, I kind of feel bad for uh I kind of feel bad for the USFL cuz no it, it's like nobody even oh, noticed man. that it was going on. But I mean simply because of the hype of college football and and NFL obviously, but God, I mean, it was some. I, I tuned in to a few of the games, and it was it was some actually. I mean, it was some notable notable players out there that we've all heard of. But dang, I kind of felt so bad. Was nobody in the stands? More people out of Burns. <laughs> more people out of Burns High School football game in two thousand nine. Oh man, we were the pack. We, we were the pack them stadiums out. But yeah, <laughs> college football stories. is back. I've been hearing some stories though about uh Dorman and Burns and on the grass. Oh man. And how that, that stadium was pretty packed. We can relive those those glory days at, at some point. But fellas, yeah, I mean we we are getting close. We are getting close to a new season. I know it's cliche to say we're gonna we'll continue to say it probably every podcast from here on out. But next week, next week things will start up. Before we get into that though. Marcus, I know last week you weren't with us, and I know you had some thoughts on SEC Media Days, had a chance to listen to the guys represented South Carolina as well as Shane Beamer. Just your initial thoughts on some of the things you heard and just your overall takeaways. <laughs> well, Coach Beamer, man, he's just so thorough. Oh, my goodness. He covers every single base. Whenever he is presenting to any person, he gives them their all. He gives everybody that he does an interview with his all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just you could just tell how aware he is just as a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. just walk. I mean, just him even describing walking into the College Football Hall of Fame and, you know, seeing his dad's, uh, seeing, seeing the, the display. 
the display mm -hmm. uh, dedicated to Frank Beamer. I mean, that, that was something to just hear and, uh, you know, making the slight joke, no pressure at all. You know, I mean, it's just the little things that he says. It's, um, I don't know. I just think he's really impressive. And, and the fact that he's able to cover every, like, he talks about the SEC. He talks about Columbia, his players. Like, it, there, there, was not, there was not one box that he did not check. I mean, I guess if we're scoring SEC media day, I mean, the, the, the guy, I mean, it was an A-plus. I mean, he just straight up killed it. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited. And he always paints this picture which is a true picture. You know, mm -hmm. you know, when I, when I use the, the term painting the picture, it's not like it, he he's painting a false narrative. He paints this picture of South Carolina being a place mm -hmm. that's coveted and, and, and a place where you should come play and, and you should come see a game. All right. Because it is a special place. And even when he took the job, like I go back to when he took the job, I mean, it, he, he said, this is not a rebuild. You know, South Carolina has all the pieces that it needs to win right now. And I don't know that, that just as a, you know, when you're in taking that, when you hear that from your head coach, that kind of, it makes you feel excited. You know, it makes you feel proud. Uh, not only that I'm an alumni, but also that I'm a, I'm a Gamecock fan uh, because it's not like we're, he, he's not going to pretend like we're the little brother. No. We're going to compete in every game. And, you know, he mentioned the championships that, you know, have, have been have, have been at South Carolina, you know, with women's mm -hmm. basketball and, um, you know, just all the other sports. You know, and he said we're going to continue to win championships at the like his positive narrative and his uh, confidence and belief in South Carolina. It makes you want to believe. So I mean I just love I, I just love hearing him talk and um you you know obviously the players uh, the players did an awesome job mm -hmm. I mean the carry on Zach and Javon I, I mean we, let's talk about the carry on's outfit I mean the dude was so clean well, he won the day and I asked Shane that I asked Shane I said Shane look before so this is and, and Nick and I we we talked about this on the last podcast. So people that tuned into that last show, you guys know what I'm talking about. Kind of explained how everything happened. As soon as they got off the, the plane, they come on over. They get all situated before they do their rounds. And Shane Beamer is up in a room, and there's probably like 12 of us media members. And we're all around, you know, gaggle format. And I asked Shane, I said, Shane, you know, don't give me the PC answer. And he kind of smirked because, you know, you know, he's smart. He's very articulate when he when he speaks. I said, don't give me the PC answer. I said, who's the best dressed? Who's the best dressed? And he's like, yeah, I got to give it a DK. Got to give it a DK. But he was still he was looking sharp. Yeah. Nick, we didn't bring this up I last time. I guess it fit though. the venue, you know. Oh, it did. And it, it, we it can talk about DK. But, Marcus, I want to bring this up because last episode, I forgot to bring this up with Nick. And it got it, it made headlines. And we know how the internet works. People will overreact. People will start connecting dots. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But I want to know, I don't even know if you saw this quote, Marcus. So I want to know what you thought about this. And Nick, 
I want to get your take as well from your perspective. This was a quote. This was a quote from Shane Beamer, and again, it made some headwaves because people started connecting dots. And this is last week. This is Tuesday, July nineteenth, just around three o'clock. This is a quote from Shane Beamer. I believe this was in the big room. Quote, before I got here, not sure players were excited about coming into the facility. End quote. Now, I bring that up mm-hmm. because naturally people are going to be like, oh, that's a shot against Will Muschamp. I did not take it that way because you think about it. What is the job of a new head coach nine times out of ten? Not the situation, of course, at Notre Dame when Brian Kelly left a very good ND team. But nine times out of ten, when a new coach comes in, he is replacing a coach who just unfortunately things just did not pan out well. And a lot of times, not saying every time, but a lot of those times, you need to be able to give a facelift. You need to be able to give a shot of energy, a boost into a program for those players. So when I when I read that, I'm like, I didn't think much of it. Because I'm just like, well, shoot, I've been in a locker room before when we had a new head coach come in my senior year. It You need sometimes to have that new voice to be able to get you going. So I didn't think much of it. But again, naturally, the Internet will run with it. Nick, I'll start with you. What, what was your takeaways from that? I, I saw that. I saw, I mean, especially on social media, when that quote first happened, and, you know, people started tweeting about it. The first thing was the headline literally was Beamer takes shot at Muschamp. I mean, that's what it was. You're, you're going to spin it that way. It gets way more clicks. That's how they're going to do it. I don't I didn't necessarily take it that way, especially just kind of, you know, meeting Shane Beamer and just, you know, he's very authentic. Everyone says the person you talk to on an interview or a show um, is the person you get just face to face. So from just what you learn about him, I mean, I don't know him personally, but that's not how I took it. I do think there is this new life in the program that everyone, I mean, DK talked about it, um, about everyone buying in. And it was actually something that um, I wanted to talk about with Marcus. Cause we talked about that early on in the show of how you all have to be on the same page. And from what, you know, DK said in his interview, from what Beamer said there, it seems like they're all kind of on the same page. They all want to be there. They all want to work hard, but they're also having fun. I think it was, I think it was Zach Pickens who really talked about, you know, we have fun. We're all just young guys. We, we want to have fun. And Beamer is himself and he likes to have fun. Like with that video, we talked all about that video last week. That was a fun thing they all did. So I didn't really take it as a jab. Um, I think there's just new life. It's new life in the program. So, yeah, everyone wants to be around the building. They want to be there because they're excited. I mean, they had so much success in year one. And, you know, DK said it multiple times. It's scary to think of what we can do in year two. Mm. And when you're excited for that, what could we do in year two? I think mm. they're just so so hyped up and there's new life in the program. So they want to be there. Marcus, you were there. You were in that building. Now, granted, the timing Different, right, in comparison to how things played out um, and ended for Will. But I say that because you've been on the other side of it with Will. You were able to see certain things. We've talked about it as to why maybe things didn't work out, and it's not to beat a dead horse or kick a man when he's down. But 
just your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I'm assuming I don't want to speak for you. I'm assuming you didn't take it as a shot against Will. Well, there's another comment, Nick, that Nick and Mike that relates that was in that same SEC media day that relates to this whole picture. So you saw you saw that you heard that quote already before today. I I heard it. I heard Mm -hmm. it, and um, (laughs) it 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 was something you know something stirred inside of me when he said it. You know, it's like oh oh oh. I mean, he's not lying. You know. He's telling the truth. That's pretty obvious. But there was another comment that Zach Pickens made that I don't, I mean, maybe maybe people picked up on it. Maybe they didn't. But Zach Pickens talked about the defense, you know, Clayton Weiss versus T-Rob. You mm. know how things were a little bit more complicated when T-Rob was around. Uh, but with Clayton White, they, they go over the defense. They rep it. They rep it. They rep it. They know what they're going to do. You know, so I mean, there, there was there was a lot of things that that uh, could have been better during the Must Champ era, and I say the Must Champ era, which is my era, T. Rob's era, Coleman Hutzler's era. I mean, it, all of us collectively, as I said, the first episode we ever did could have done a better job in that building, and I mean, Coach Beamer wasn't lying. Zach Piggins is a lion. Uh, the the carry-on joiner absolutely knows that there's a difference. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, it had to be. It had to be a change, you know, I mean, or we were going to win two games again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, you walk into a house that, that has potential, you know, but it needs a fresh coat of paint. You know, you, you, you want to put a fresh coat of paint on it and, and, you know, move some things around, get some new furniture in there. You know, I mean, it, it was just, it's just the fact of reality of college football. You know, we, we were, uh, Coach Beamer understands that, yes, this is a business. We are in the business of winning. However, this is also life. Like, in, in, in life, I mean, you can play a little bit. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be serious. It doesn't always have to be, uh, militaristic, which it was at times. And it wasn't a shot. No, it wasn't a shot. It's just a fact. Uh, I think everybody on that staff would tell you the same thing. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was just the fact of reality. The building was cold. Mm-hmm. All right. And nobody wanted to enter the building. Now they enjoy being in the Ken and Cindy Long football operations facility. So, uh, it's just a fact. Uh, Coach Beamer is not the guy, not the type of guy to backstab anybody or, you know, say anything against the wall, off the wall, or or, or, or just just for just for a headline. That's that's just just not his character. He's just speaking reality, and I appreciate that. And um, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it, it, I tell you what, it was. Uh, it wasn't shocking. It was just oh. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say what's on my mind, and, and that's and, and that's what it was. I mean, and when you hear that, Marcus, because we we've talked about this before, before going to SEC media days, and there is a reason why, outside of the deserving factor, why he chose those three players to join him. 
Pickens, Gwen, and then obviously the carry on joiner. Because it's a branch of what it's a branch off of what he's trying to portray from a message standpoint of setting the tone. Now, things obviously slip out and this and that, but as we've talked about before, Beamer is very calculated, very calculated, mm. especially when he comes to speaking. Especially when, when you he, got the when you got the fink in your back pocket too. Oh yeah. So you hear <laughs> you hear that though as a player. You hear that as a player. And I'm paraphrasing right now because I did an interview with uh, Dante Reno, the new commit class of 2024 as of right now, still uh, quarterback for South Carolina. And he shared a quote from Luke Doty. And, you know, I hate to, like I said, I'm paraphrasing not to do the, okay, you know, he told me this person said, but he said that Luke has been a tremendous resource to him. And one of the things that he's talked to him about a lot is just the differences between the old coaching staff and the new, because Luke has had the opportunity to play for both. And he just said, people just love being in the building. Mm -hmm. So I say that because when you hear Shane say that, who is that directed towards more than anything? Recruits? I mean, is, is, there, is it anything more than that? Is it trying to break any type of stigma or notions? Because we know there's dirty recruiting. You'd hope that no one's really doing that to South Carolina over the last couple of years, because why would you need to? I hate to say it, but the reality, why would you have to do dirty recruiting in that regard from a football standpoint? But obviously things are changing. The culture's changing. Is that more so that message from Shane directed at recruits or is that directed at anyone else? I mean, like we said, I don't think it was a shot at Muschamp or the old coaching staff. So who was that message directed towards? I think the message was directed towards recruits. I mean, absolutely. I mean, why would I think you would like to hear that? I mean, I, I think a lot of his message is directed towards recruit, recruiting. And Mike, you mentioned, I mean, he's very calculated. Um, not, not only that message, but I believe that he got a question regarding NIL and in the age of NIL, where does South Carolina fall into place with other schools around the country? Like, can we can basically they were asking the question, can South Carolina compete in the in the age of NIL? And I mean, I was I, I wanted to answer that question because, I mean, it was just God, like if, if people only knew, like, I mean, I, I, for some reason, South Carolina. And, you know, I think we spoke about this on another podcast. South Carolina fans and South Carolina businesses are they're, they're kind of unknown and it's kind of hidden. But, man, if you if you are. If if you are a recruit in high school uh, and, 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 and that's a priority of yours with your family, you need to come visit South Carolina because you can set yourself up financially for a very, very long time. There's a lot of people here who would love to use your name, image, and likeness. Um, and, and I know that from firsthand experience, like you, you just have a lot of opportunity before you even step on campus uh, nowadays to, to set yourself up. And the way he answered it, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, bet I, I, I put it right up there with the, the big money schools, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, no, we don't no we don't have a billion dollar endowment like Michigan and Texas and Notre Dame, but 
one thing we do have is, is is a lot of alumni who care deeply, deeply about South Carolina football. It's a lot of support. It's tons of support. I mean, um, I agree. I agree that that message was probably directed towards recruits. I mean, when you're saying anything, especially on that big of a platform, you have to understand players are going to see it. And so, yeah, it's directed towards recruits. I also think, in a way, that whole, you know, we just talked about the NIL, the statement he made about that and how South Carolina is up there with the best. He's directing that whole statement, maybe the whole opening statement, to the SEC, to college football. We are here. Yes. South Carolina is here. We are loving what we're doing. We're happy with the trajectory that we're going, and we're only going to get better. And that's what he was saying. I don't know about you, but it felt so empowering. Like, Mm-hmm. His openings, like what you're talking about right now, it felt like so much confidence was in him when he was saying that. Like it, it, it I was like, wow, he's exuding everything that we envision for South Carolina, like where we were. Like That's why we he had a 13 minute opening statement. That's why he felt he good. 13 second, minute opening statement, Marcus. He had right? the second most yes. words spoken. Of all SEC coaches. Who had first? I actually missed this stat. Who had the first? Uh, Vandy. Lee. Really? Oh. He was first. Beamer with 2,340. This is from Saturdays Down South. Uh, 2,340 words. Big J journalism right here. And then 2,185 <laughs> from Beamer. And then the next most is Kirby Smart with 1,438. Hmm. So, hey, we know Beamer likes to talk. But you know what he's saying? Was Nick at the bottom? What he was was, was saying, like it was, it was like, man, it was just so. I don't know. I I I felt it. I I I really did feel like, okay, we're like, don't try to little brother us. Like, no, like, don't try to downplay South Carolina. Like the, I don't know. It it just felt like he was he wasn't having that shit. You know, like we I are remember here. Marcus, not to not to go backwards in time was funny because I was actually looking up some old videos before SEC media days. I remember actually asking you, and I think at the time you said you hadn't seen it, but you were still working for USC. So maybe I did. I don't know. This was that SEC media days when you had that young Alabama reporter ask Will Muschamp, has South Carolina become the little brother of Clemson? And Will went, no. No, he just like cut the dude out. He's like, no, we haven't. And then they just went to the next question. I remember asking you. I oh, think you were doing you oh, doing like you were doing an event. I do remember with that. kids in the indoor practice facility. I remember asking you. And at the time, you know, you're, you're still working for USA. Like I, I didn't see it, Mike. But and you put that positive spin on it. If you heard that today, how would you respond? What if? <laughs> what if? What if you didn't have to have like the player answer the work for usc answer if someone brought that up would you just want to lunge at them i mean like i know i know i know the, the good person in you probably wouldn't do that but like hearing that stuff like yeah turn the other cheek it gets you just it gets turn. you worked up you don't you, what usc is trying to do right now 
it's bigger, obviously, than an individual. But at the same time, too, you hear comments like that. I can't even imagine what that would do to you. Well, the the beautiful thing about it is I'm not a player anymore, and I don't work for South Carolina anymore, so I can say <laughs> what I want. That's why I love this podcast. Um, you got to believe you can say it. Got to believe. You got to believe that you can say it. It, it just – it's just some. It's just people trying to really get like get under your skin, like that. The the reporter that asked Muschamp that question <laughs> knew that he was gonna get the death stare. How and knew if How? he saw him saw him behind the building, like it's going down. Like man, don't don't come at me with that shit. Cause I mean, we like you, you know. I mean, the thing about it, they know Clemson in specific. They know it goes in waves, you know. So yeah, you on top now. <laughs> you're, you're winning people, you're winning now and for people this that thing. don't recall and i'm not trying I, I don't really know how we got on that topic but this is uh <laughs> this is from 2019 this is just for people that don't know what we're talking about um, Rashad Snell, alabama news network in montgomery uh, coach your in-state rival clemson has become a national powerhouse winning two out the last four national championships has South Carolina kind of became like the little brother to Clemson? No, How we're not the little brother. That? We're not. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Over here to your left. <laughs> I can't. I cannot believe someone asked that question. Oh that my is god! I know insane. he was. He was fuming. That's insane. <laughs> he was fuming. You could oh just hear it god. in his. So all right. So we bring that up. All right, and I and I get it. I get it that I'll never truly get it, that I'm not part of this rivalry. I only cover it. but I, I So that's why I said I'll never truly get it. I get it, but I, I know I'll never truly get it. The reality is, and Marcus, you brought it up, Clemson obviously has had a lot of success as of late. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Even if you're a Gamecock fan, you have to just tip your hat. They've been able to, to have success. It's just there, you know? And no doubt. So I say all that because – Whatever way you want to slice it and dice it, Clemson fans will probably say, oh, you know, the Gamecocks right now are our little brother. Okay, whatever. What does South Carolina need to do? Obviously, we can talk about the rivalry and being able to, to win that. But we talk about some of the messages that Beamer put out there at SEC Media Days, the messages towards the recruits, the messages about the atmosphere and the environment that's being created internally. But what does South Carolina need to do to be able to, number one, catch up to where Clemson is and then be able to take that step to be able to regain as, as being the, the dominant one in the state? Now, obviously, you know, Clemson's won two national championships. We understand that. It could be easy to say, okay, well, win two national championships. I don't think necessarily you need to do that to surpass them in the now, in the present, because – the gap between USC and Clemson, this is the way I've been looking at it. And I think, Nick, I think I brought this up to you last week. You could probably say it was two oceans. The gap is closed between USC and Clemson this offseason. The question is, though, how much space still remains? Is it still the size of a Mack truck? Or is it, you know, the size of a peanut? So what do you have to do to continue to close that gap, though, after having the messages 
that were put out there at SEC media days in the environment and this and that, what do you need to do to be able to close that gap even more? I think everything that he's currently doing, you know, recruiting, recruiting their ass off, um, building a positive environment within the locker room. Uh, the fact of the matter is Clemson has a lot more talent still. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's, I mean, Will Shipley, he, he's a, he's <laughs> an animal. I, I remember we were recruiting him um, and he, you know, he, w- once I saw him at camp and I was like, okay, we, th- this dude is special, uh, but they have that at every position. Coach Beamer's uh, Coach Beamer has admitted, you know, Dabo has been a mentor to him. Um, the the way the way Coach Sweeney does things at Clemson, I mean, it's it's something to emulate. It, there, there's I don't think there's a question about that. Um, he's built that same type of environment, the same type of culture. Closing that gap, uh, I mean, I think all of the I say all of that, but when November comes around, like all of that stuff really goes out the window. I mean, it, it really does when it comes down to a rivalry game, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it's always, it, it's never a certain deal of who's going to win the game because it's just a spirited game. It's a lot more spirit when you playing against, um, when you just playing against your rival, there, there, there's some, there's some hate involved. There's some, that, that there's some pure will and desire involved that, that just that just things that that x's and o's can't can't really formulate so um let's let's win let's win in september all right and and, and that has to be the message like you you got just beat them beat them it doesn't it doesn't matter who's on the other side i mean they had great players when when we beat them you know yeah. that I Tosh mean, Boyd, just like a Tosh. Oh I mean, and 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 you know this, one Marcus, of the greatest to ever throw the football. In college you know, football. you know this, Marcus, from being around Taj. And obviously, I've had a chance to be around Taj a lot. He is so humble, and he can take it when he comes into Columbia because he knows it's going to happen, right? You know, oh, can't be. He can take it, yeah. you know. But I mean, I think that's a prime example. You have a guy that talented but he was going up against some talented dudes on the other side so i bring i bring up i bring up the usc clemson stuff right now because when you hear everything that took place at sec media days i mean look obviously yeah you want to go out there you want to win the east you want to win the sec you're, you're you're chasing big things but the reality is if you want to be able to get to that ultimate goal of being able to get to a college football playoff one day. And obviously, look, South Carolina has a long ways to go before we get to there. But I think being able to to acknowledge the reality of if you want to be able to do those things, even though if you lost the Clemson in the regular season, it might not have a direct impact on the SEC, but the impact that it has is in recruiting and how that can swing things. You know, Uh, This is a very important weekend that's coming up for South Carolina. We can get into that in a little bit. But that's the reason I brought that up to bring back now to where we are as we head into the regular season. Nick, a lot of preseason accolades for the Gamecocks, a lot of preseason accolades. As an outsider, right? I say, yeah, you, you're the outsider. Mark is the insider because obviously being on the other side of it. When you see these preseason awards, be honest. It has to get you excited a little bit. You know, Cam Smith being acknowledged for this or that. 
what has been your take so far seeing all this stuff on the outside? And then we're going to flip it over to Marcus. And I want you to give your perspective when you're a player and you get nominated or you get named to one of these watch lists. I'd say as a fan, when you look at these lists, you definitely get excited. I'm not excited because I think, oh, we're going to have players winning all these awards and we're going to be amazing. It's because it's just like, oh, the talent we have going into this season is much better because you think like last year, how many watch list guys we have, we probably have more this year. I'd imagine. Um, I can't confirm that, but um, you look at that and it just gets you excited because of the talent. Like you see Corey Rucker on the Belitnikov watch list and you're like, that's just, that's cool to see. And then you see Stogner and Jaheim Bell on the Maxwell watch list. And so that's both of our tight ends. So that's got to get you excited. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, man, like you said, Cam Smith, I mean, you see his name one, two, or three in every DB ranking or cornerback ranking or something every other day. So it just gets, for me personally, it gets me excited because of the talent South Carolina has coming into this season. You know, I don't think you should raise your expectations or anything like that because of the preseason watch lists. But, you know, as a fan, you can't help but perk up a little bit. You know, we have someone on this watch list and, you know, you get excited. So I think that's from my perspective. I like what you said about the talent, Nick. It shows the talent that we got on our team. I mean, it shows that we have an opportunity to compete in every game, you know, simply because of simply because of that. that, That's how these governing bodies are choosing people and, 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 and they they've chosen a lot of Gamecocks. Okay. Look, well, let's go, let's go prove it. Let's go, sh- let's go show it. Um, as a player, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're not, I don't think you're going around telling people, you know, like I'm on the, I'm on this list. I'm on that list, but you 2012, see Marcus Lattimore on the Walter camp watch list. Crazy crazy and it's a great it's a great it's a great honor it's a great honor but when when you have marcus right especially for some of these guys that have never been on one of these watch lists before okay how do you manage those expectations i mean certainly cam smith he doesn't need a watch list to be able to know that there's pressure out there for him this year right i mean you got the draft all that kind of stuff but for guys that will be returning most likely the next year okay how do you manage that because you're on a list expectations go up, but expectations were there to begin with. But now there's more of a spotlight on you. And it's not to say that being named to one of these watch lists, and we talked about it before we hopped on, it's not saying that being named to one of these watch lists is not a a big deal. I mean, you should be celebrated for that. But at the same time, too, you haven't done diddly poo for this upcoming season. So how do you push that to the side and realize, hey, look, that's nice. But now I got to go out there and prove to people why I was named to this list of the preseason. No doubt. That's such a good question, Mike. Uh, you know, what we've noticed with Coach Beamer over the past year or so or year and a half is that he doesn't shy away from any attention that South Carolina receives. You know, it'll be a good opportunity, I believe, ESPN, you. It's doing a special. Yep. 
uh, on South Carolina coming up. And, I mean, that special would be covering the program and going into the building and following them. He embraces that. It's not something that he hides from. Uh, these players, they know that they're on the list. Coach Beamer knows that they're on the list. Everybody in the building, all the coaches know. Well, there's nothing to run from. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not like you you can ignore it. The, the The question is, can you use it? Like, can you use it as fuel? Like, is it, can it be fuel for your play or can it be, can it hinder your play? Like that, those are the only two things that are going to happen. You know, like I, I think that you can flip it in a perspective, you know, w- with the coaches that we have and say, well, w- well, let's go get it. Like, let's be that guy. I mean, if we own this list, let's go win it. Let's play like it. And I feel like that's the approach that that Coach Beamer will take, like because he doesn't hide from anything. Like all all of the attention uh, is an opportunity for maturity, in my opinion. You know, like it's just when when you when when you're in the spotlight, like the carry on, the carry on has has received so much notoriety. Mm-hmm. He's so visible, like locally with all of his commercials and you know he does football camps all across the state reminds me of a young marcus Lattimore. <laughs> go get yourself a nice car love meshabishi and tell marcus come on you. man come on <laughs> good on gas 25 miles per hour but um no it's just like they've been able to handle that like mm-hmm. it, it's just and it's because of the men that they have around them. Like with, with great responsibility, I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, that's something that we've heard, you know, forever, our, our, our whole lives. And coach Beamer gives them an opportunity to handle it. Like, and he shows them how to handle it by his example. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still with all of this attention and all of these things that, that he embraced, he's still humble. And um, I don't know. We, we, we've been able to handle the spotlight very well. Like, I mean, this is usually the time of the year where you see, unfortunately, a lot of instances in the news around drinking and smoking and, you know, just getting in trouble for stupid stuff like uh, domestic violence. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's evident that things are different in that building. I don't think, I mean, I don't even think those issues have can't come up this summer. I mean, Spencer Rattler came to my mind while we've been talking about this in two different instances. So one was when he first came to South Carolina and Marcus Satterfield had a press conference. And we've been talking about like how they embrace the spotlight. You know, they're not afraid of it. And you can definitely tell that because they don't hide from what people are saying outside the room. You know, they don't say, like, don't eat into it too much, but they don't hide from it. And Satterfield straight up said, the whole world thinks you suck, and the whole world thinks I suck. So let's have a chip on our shoulder and go show them that they're wrong. So that's embracing, you know, even though there's a lot of negative things, that's embracing that. And then also we talked about preseason awards and what that can do to someone. Have you heard Spencer Rattler not referred to as the former Heisman favorite? As the 
as oh, or when they start talking about him, immediately it goes to this guy was a Heisman favorite last year, and that's every time it is attached to his name, no matter what, wherever he is being talked about, because he didn't live up to it. So I mean that I don't even know really where I'm fully going with that, but you know those preseason awards. I, I don't know, man. It, I, I think I think it just. I hate sorry to cut you off, but keep going. But like, I just think it just shows what you you just like what you just explained. It just shows like how grown up these guys are. Mm-hmm. What they have to deal with, too. I mean, that's got that. He's probably. I mean, from what you've heard, he's extremely mature now, um, and. You know, that's just from what you're hearing from his teammates and he's a strong leader and stuff like that. So hopefully it's not really in his head. He's focusing on his new job at his new school. And it seems like from what he talks about, he's all South Carolina. And so I think, but it's got to be tough. I mean, you you have that hanging because I just thought of that. I mean, you don't hear his name without former Heisman favorite right mm. next to it, right hung next to it. It's something on his mind. It's something on his mind. I'll tell you this. He has done an incredible job. And it's not just from the fact that, you know, you hear stuff in the media, like, you know, from just having conversations with people behind the scene. He has done a tremendous job of coming in there and not demanding respect, but earning it. And I think that's important for anybody, but especially that position. And that's something that Gwen mentioned at uh, SEC Media Days. It really stood out. Marcus, you mentioned that this is the time of the year where guys sometimes get themselves in trouble. Knock on wood, everything stays good with South Carolina between now and August 5th. They'll be reporting next week, though. What is this time period like for players? That final... (sighs) Get to breathe a little bit, get to relax a little bit before things start picking up. What do you remember? Um as a player and what do you remember when you were part of must champs staff as you know, what, what's going on right now, you know, both for the players and both for the coaching staff. Well, it's that, it's that gesture that you just made. It's to <laughs> let's decompress, let's decompress after being in that, uh, being in that dang strength room with that crazy strength coach all summer. All summer long, you just been getting. I mean, like just Nick was talking about it earlier with Zach Pickens. <laughs> I mean, how he yeah, we haven't we it. haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it on air, but I really wanted to talk. Zach Pickens had some great comments on Luke Day when he oh, was asked about it because his face, like Marcus was saying, his face just oh went. Oh my goodness, like, it was so funny. And he, he he I have it written down. He said, I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. I oh, don't yeah, know I how gonna... we finish, but we do. And either you do it then or you do it in the morning, and I'm not getting up in the morning. That was in the electronic room, aka the small room. And I remember being there and he was asked two questions. I think you probably have both of them in front of you. Two questions about that. And it was just like, Man, I don't know how we even get through these workouts. He's like, I don't know so, where he comes up with this stuff. <laughs> he so said, my... literally the workouts have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was his quote. So, Mike, you've been going through that all summer. I mean, you you you've been you've been with this guy who's just been trying to break you, like literally. That's that's the goal. Let, let's see who's going to break. Let's and see again. Who- 
and you've brought this up, Marcus. And again, this is the guy that's around the team more than anybody. Just want to reiterate that. How he important the, the strength and conditioning coach is. He is the head coach for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I, he, love the, he I love the way you just worded that. I love the way you worded that. It, he he's running the, he's running the show. Uh, I mean, because their meals, their meals are tracked by the strength staff. <laughs> their their urination, uh, how many times they're urinating on a daily basis is tracked. Uh, their their weight is tracked. Uh, how how much they're improving on their bench squat and power. Everything is being monitored, and you are grinding. Like you have been grinding for, I mean, the past what? I mean, if you were there in May for the past ten weeks, ten plus weeks. Oof. I mean, so so you're ready. Number one, you just ready to go chill for a little bit. You want to go chill. You want to go hang out with the family, hang out with your girlfriend. But I mean, it's just a time to really recalibrate and then get ready for. And, and I mean, being in Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, you, you the, the heat is a factor. The humidity is a factor. Um, so you you getting your mind prepped and ready for that. But I mean, it's like you can almost equate it to going to basic training. You know, from some of the stories that I hear, um, <laughs> like That's about what I was thinking, you know, like, you, you got you got to be coming out of there best shape of your life, right? I mean, oh my gosh! And, and I mean, it's just like. You're getting your you getting your mind ready for something that's going to be very very difficult. Uh, you know, I mean, usually, I mean, I know rules have changed a little bit. We did two practices a day. I'm not necessarily sure what's going <laughs> on now. I mean, they well, done soft, they done softened up on these. Marcus, my now. coach, my coach said this when we came in and shoot my freshman year. So this is 2010. And he was like, you know, oh, it's getting to, now. Mind you, you and I played college ball at the same time, so you, we had the same rules, two a days, all that kind of stuff. But obviously, much different in comparison to where it was in the seventies and eighties, and maybe why there's some issues, unfortunately, with CTE and stuff. Because right. we're getting smarter. We're getting smarter. Um, not all of us. I'm still a hand bum, but some of us are getting smarter. And we understand smart. how to make work smarter, not harder. But he would always say, you know, oh, it's, it's Camp Candyland now. You know, it's Camp Candyland. So he's so I mean, you know, we're no we're, we're becoming we're becoming the old men yelling, you know, at the cloud, right? Um, no doubt. It's like, oh, it's Camp Candyland now. Back in my day in 2010. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that well, we like, no, we have the right to say that. We Mike, okay. we have the right to say that. Our two. Dude, I remember in high school, we do we used to do three a days. Used to well, I was gonna say our two a day, two a, so two a days aren't allowed in college football. Is that, is that like a and then you get a break rule? and you get a break they after like X a little amount of days. Marcus, okay. Marcus, you get a break and, and you know Marcus. Some of those walkthroughs sometimes it's I'd rather be in pads, but right, it's not the same as in the NFL, and you know that hell of a lot better than I do. But I can only go based on what J.C. Horn tells me and some of the other guys because some of those walkthroughs is just like the mental stuff of it, Nick. Oh, oh the I meeting. Can't, I can't the meeting. There's nothing, and we can get into mm, this next mm, week mm. With, with training camps like, and granted, it is much different, but we can get into this next week. I mean, meetings are obviously, they can be brutal, but training camp meetings, fall preseason camp meetings, you're just, if you have five minutes, 10 minutes to sleep, you want to do that. So if you're in a dark room 
and I don't know what the setup was for you, Marcus. I mean, shoot, Assumption College, uh, formerly known as ESCO, now it's SU, Assumption University. We were just stuck in lockers. And, I mean, man, you'd be so easy to pass out. You're just trying to yes. get those five minutes to go to sleep. Yes. Yes. It's it's uh, it's grueling. It re- it really is grueling. I it's like you have your 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 mind and your body has to get acclimated to this two week three week of just treacherous. They get that break now though, Marcus. They get Man. that nice day off, and that's not to say whether these guys are soft or anything like that. Okay, we're not doing that. We can poke fun at it. At the end of the day, it's still training camp. It's still preseason camp. It's still grueling. Yeah. Um, but I think that'll be a good next week. We'll get into that a little bit more. I do want to wrap this up, though, guys. We talked about this at the beginning before we hopped on. GG Jackson coming to South Carolina. Now, yes, sir. now, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of work left to be done for basketball. A lot of work done. But oh, a yeah. big, big pickup for Lamont Paris and his coaching staff, trying to bring that excitement, that buzz, that energy back into this basketball program, regardless of what happens from a win-loss standpoint this year. That excitement has definitely been brought back. And if Gigi goes on to be a lottery pick, as he's projected to be right now, which, oh, by the way, less than 48 hours after committing to South Carolina, he was already being named to all SEC first teams. I mean, it's just it's incredible. I saw I saw a preseason All American. I mean, literally forty eight under forty eight hours. Like so, I said, after so I, he decommitted and committed. I say all this, and this is as someone that's an outsider that got here in twenty sixteen. Marcus, you played during one of the greatest eras of Gamecock athletics, with what happened with football, with what happened with baseball, and I, I mean, if there's other sports that did well that time period. Again. I wasn't here. Marcus could fill me in if the chess club did well that year. I don't know. But what I'm saying is right now you have Leah Boston on campus. You have Spencer Rattler on campus. And now you have Gigi Jackson on campus all at the same time, same university. Is this the most excitement that has gone on at USC since that 2010, 11, 12 period? And I, I get it. It's different from a win. I get that, okay? Baseball, they went out there. They won back-to-back titles. Football, they knocked off number one Alabama, the most winningest era of Gamecock football during that period. But just from an excitement standpoint, is this the most excitement since then? Without question. Maybe the Final Four? Mm, I'm, just try- I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud without without question and it's it's going to create like this it's going to create that domino effect of recruiting i mean everybody know i mean we we talk so much about recruiting but recruiting is the lifeblood of of any program and i mean you see that you gg's impact is going to stretch for years you know when the great players from south carolina think about going outside we can point to Gigi now I mean that's that's just simple Aaliyah Boston I mean what a like just what like a representative of the state of South Carolina like just her as a person as we talk she's over at Alex English's camp at Cardinal Newman just to throw that out there Nick and I were talking about that beforehand 
That's how she's spending her day today. She's going over there speaking to kids. I mean, it's tremendous example. Yes. It's, it's just like the, the represent, like uh, when, when, women's basketball is just like, it's just like in a league of its own. Like we, they, oh, they just, like so they, I don't even, like, I don't know, man. That, 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 what, that operation over there is just something, something different. Don Staley's just on a throne. Right. Right. You just need, go need, go, go ahead and build it. Um, and I mean, God, like Spencer Rattler. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's special. It's special times in Columbia, and it's going to create. It's create. It's going to create that effect, because uh, uh, recruits see that. Like it's. It's just so. Is it just limited to basketball, though? Marcus, you've you've talked about it before. If it wasn't for Alshon Jeffrey committing to South Carolina, maybe Marcus Lattimore doesn't commit to USC to play football. You see, Gigi Jackson so. commit. You see, Gigi stay home. Does this have an impact on not just basketball, but can this have an impact on other sports, especially in the world of NIL, which I'm not saying anything has been set up right now, but the point being is if things were to come out, a local kid stays home and we learn down the road of the opportunities that Gigi potentially could have, is that something that could make a big impact, not with just basketball, but with all sports? it change it, it it like changes. It simply just changes the perception of South Carolina because it because of the national attention. Like he's bringing so much attention to the to the place that now recruits are like, huh? And then they come see it, and it's like, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. That all of the opportunity that is here, it's special, Mike. It really is. Everyone is on social media now, too. So if you follow sports accounts and even just ESPN, I mean, you're scrolling through and you're seeing these Gigi Jackson edits saying Gigi Jackson decommits from UNC, commits to South from, from Carolina. You, from UNC. From first UNC. Commit, first commit you, to decommit. First commit to decommit. The, the mo- one of the most historic is programs it, in yeah, basketball history. First UNC recruit to decommit since, yeah, 2003. So here's the thing about that. In 2003, that was R.J. Smith. All right. Um, J.R. Smith, excuse me. J.R. decided to go to the NBA. This is the first time that a commit for UNC has decided, I am not going to be a Tar Heel and I'm going to another college. That's never happened. And that player is choosing to go to South Carolina, a school who, let's just call a spade a spade here, the history of basketball, it cannot hold a jock strap to UNC. No. I'm not trying to offend anyone's grandfather that were friend, you know, buddies with, you know, Frank McGuire. That's just the reality. But you know True. what though? But you know what though? That just goes to show you what is being created right now in South Carolina. There's something special that this kid, and that's what he is. He's a 17-year-old kid. He wants to do something that a lot of people just call it the way it is. Don't have the balls to do. He wants to break the mold. He's doing something special. And I, I feel like I, one more one more piece on that. These coaches that we have on campus, they're working collaboratively. They have conversations. Mm-hmm. Don knows it's important for something like this to happen. 
Coach Beamer knows it's important for something like I mean, I think we wasn't he tweeting about he was he he was putting two G's in in every in every uh every tweet uh a couple couple days ago. Two G's in every and and his rights and his, all his different words. I was like, we know like they know it's important for others to succeed. Like, and they put their egos aside to build up the university. Like that is that when that starts to happen, you can't lose. Like you can't lose in any sport. Tennis, baseball, it's gonna it's gonna create that effect. Can I point something out too? We talk about NIL, and a lot of it obviously has to do with the fact that you gotta see how things play out. In you know, especially the case of Gigi Jackson. But on three has a NIL valuation that gives you an idea of how much a player is worth and how do they determine that well it comes down to obviously their performance on the court field whatever sport they're playing and it also takes into consideration the amount of followers they have um, on social media whether it be tiktok instagram twitter but on top of that it also factors in the location of where they're going to be now again this does not mean this is how much money gg jackson is making but i just want to throw this out there okay on three a month ago had gg's nil valuation at thirty one thousand dollars as of today it is up 64 percent it is up to ninety five thousand dollars and the reason why is because he's staying home and they believe that the opportunities in Columbia are going to be higher than they would have been if he was up at Chapel Hill. Local kid. Makes sense. He goes up there, not saying he couldn't have been a special player. They have players like him that come every other year. He comes to South Carolina, though. He's able to do something special here. Shoot, Marcus, you remember it. I mean, and by the way, congratulations to Marcus being named to the top five for the 107.5 of the game. 30 greatest Gamecocks over the last 30 years in the SEC. Give it up to our guy, Marcus. But I bring that up. I bring that up. I bring that up because Marcus hasn't been on the field in almost a decade. People still remember what he did here. People still celebrate what George Rogers did here. And obviously he won a Heisman, but he did something that had never been done before. Connor Shaw, Alshon Jeffrey. These are guys that did something special here. Um, and obviously Connor not being a South Carolina guy, but Clowney, Stephon Gilmore, the list goes on and on. The point being is they did something that was special. You know, you don't have to be a George Rogers and win a Heisman. If you're a local guy and you stay home and you do something special here, shoot. Marcus knows. Marcus you, got to you, the point where it's tough where you could go, you couldn't go out anywhere. People would be coming up to because that's how much they appreciate what you did for this program. And it all starts with one thing, first and foremost, staying home. Right. And and you live forever. I mean that that that's just a fact in, in, in Columbia. I mean you 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 stay home, you're from home, you're forever memorialized. And and that's something like to just keep in mind, you know, for these guys that and I mean, God, like you, you're talking about opportunity after the game's over with, you know, you're talking about w- with or without a football, with or without a basketball or in your hand, you, you'll, you'll, um, 
you won't regret it. I can tell you that. And you still so, feel that? Every day. Every every single day since I've left. I mean, either an Instagram message, a Twitter message, a I don't know how they find my address. I mean, I get still get I still get stuff to this to this here in Portland. I mean, to just give I this mean, some context too. Sorry to cut you off, Marcus. No, but I remember good. the first time Marcus called me. I was this is the first time like I had we had not talked. We'd emailed over before we started the show all together, and I'm in my class at South Carolina at the J School, and I answer it because you know we weren't doing much in class so it wasn't like i was interrupting the teacher and i answer and i just say oh hey marcus and my friends like knew about this and they're like like they were all they were all hype about it after and talking about it after i got off and everything because you don't no one forgets i mean you can come to south carolina and just you know you're etched in history because of because of the love (laughs) that South Carolina fans have for their players and people like like DK. I mean, he is a fan favorite by far because of what he's done and the dedication he has shown to South Carolina. And, you know, so fans want to repay him by just, you know, appreciating him. They care about their local guys, too. And that's not to say they don't. And we'll wrap this up in a minute. It's not to say they don't care about their local guys. Go ask Ryan Brewer. I mean, goodness, what he did in the Outback Bowl, that is still talked about to this day. I wasn't Ryan, here for that. And Ryan I feel could like run I for, for mayor. Ryan, Ryan could run for office and win. Steven Garcia, for better or for worse, he does not have to buy a drink here in Columbia still Never. to this day. <laughs> Legend. Uh, but, those, but those, but that, that's, that's, that's something that I've noticed as an outsider that people care about what you do, obviously, at the University of South Carolina. But if you're from here, man, it is special. Guys, we're going to wrap things up. Just a reminder, again, head on over. Check out our friends at um, Bet Online. Use that Believe promo. That is promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Next week, we will talk about preseason camp. The Gamecocks getting ready to hold that first practice. And hopefully by the time we get back on these airwaves, we will have that schedule for you to be able to get you up to speed and let you know everything that you need to for preseason football. But in the meantime, head on over to GamecockCentral.com. We will have plenty of videos and stories recapping SEC Media Days last week. But in addition, birdies with Beamer. That is on Thursday. We'll have an opportunity to catch up with some of the coaches there as well. We'll have some stories up online. You've been listening to Believe in South Carolina. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.